Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. Our guest today is Daniel Blanchard. He's an author, speaker, educator, and TV host. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, Chris. I'm so glad to be here with you and your audience. Thank you. So let's jump right in. You are very passionate about teen leadership. Why teen leadership? Well, I got to tell you, uh, Chris, I, I think that one of the reasons I love teen leadership is because of my own journey through life. You know, like I wasn't born on the right side of the tracks. I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't win the, the Burke lottery. And so many kids out there don't. I mean, there's way more kids out there who don't win the Burke lottery, who don't uh, live on the right side of the tracks, that are going through really, really hard times. And they don't have anybody helping them. You know what I'm saying? Whether they're hiding it themselves, they don't want anybody to know because they're embarrassed, or the adults in their lives, you know, are just overwhelmed and can't help or don't want to help, you know, unable to help. There are so many kids out there, way, way more kids out there uh, that, that are struggling with these sort of things. And if we can give them, you know, some kind of life skills, some kind of leadership skills, some kind of teen leadership skills, then they can find their way better through life. You know what I'm saying? They can create. Uh, you know, the kind of life they want to create, become uh, the kind of person they want to become and help others along the way. And when they become adults, you know, be more uh, apt to uh, paying attention to what the youth needs that's coming after them uh, that may not have what they need. So I just think the whole teen leadership thing is so vital, so crucial during these times because, you know, as an inner city school teacher, I've seen over the last 20 plus years, so many kids that you, your heart breaks for because you're like, they don't have a chance. I mean, what, what's going to happen to them? They need help. And I think teen leadership could be that kind of help, Chris. So Dan, I first commend and applaud you for doing what you do. I, as I mentioned to you earlier, prior to this conversation that I, I taught in a high school in, in LA with average teens. And there was this one young woman, 14 years old, she was cutting herself. She was drunk. And so I had to call child protective services on her or more her parents not knowing that there's over 1 million kids, children that are in this situation. And those are just the ones that have been actually documented, right? So it's heartbreaking to know how many kids there are. Now, you've been doing this for some time. What keeps you hopeful, frankly? Because if you can be doing this for one year, yeah, I admire you. Two years, I admire you. But for 20 years, Dan, that's like Iron Man. So what keeps you hopeful to know that what you do is important, but you can still do it after 20 years? Wow, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, that's for sure. Even though there are many days I feel like I'm sprinting all out, Chris. So I think the key to that is that it's, it's just who I am. It's the person I've been pretty much all my life. You know what I'm saying? That leader, you know, that, uh, you know, and I do it through a thing that I call inspirational leadership. It's what I've done my whole life. So to me, uh, the fact that I've been continuing to do it in this capacity, for 20 years is no big deal because I've really been doing it probably like 40 years. So let me go back and give you a little bit of a backstory, Chris. So I'm going to go all the way back to high school when I was uh, chosen um, the football captain uh, of my freshman football team. And then later on uh, the varsity uh, wrestling captain, uh, you know, it didn't mean that I was the most capable person or the best leader in the team. I mean, after all leaders are kind of hard to comprehend. It's kind of hard to put a circle around what exactly a leader is and what exactly a leader isn't. So what I did back in those days was I did the only thing I knew how to do, which was just a very simple thing. I got there before everybody else. When I was there, I outworked everybody. And then I stayed later than everybody else. 
And I was like kind and friendly and built relationships with everybody else. So basically what I did was I inspired, I led through inspiring others. When they saw me working so hard and achieving, and they had a good relationship with me and I was close to them and kind to them, they were like, wow, you know, maybe I could do better than I'm doing. So I inspired these like high school athletes that were on my football teams and wrestling teams, right? And then later I did in the army. You know, I never did anything in the army that I didn't, that, that, you know, I didn't, never did anything uh, or told my troops to do anything in the army that I didn't do first. So, you know, whether it was low crawling through a barbed wire, Constantine wire field or whatever it was, bomb infested field, didn't matter. You know, I was going to go first, I was going to go harder, and I was going to go longer, and I was going to build those relationships with my men uh, so that I could inspire them. And it worked. You know, this whole inspirational leadership thing works. You know, after the Army, it helped later on when I was a school teacher, when I was a football coach, when I was a wrestling coach. You know, no kid ever ran a sprint that I didn't do. You know what I'm saying? They didn't lift a weight or wrestle a minute that I didn't wrestle with them. You know, I did all these things, you know, and then as I continues, you know, when I went to, uh, you know, professional organizations, I became area governor of the Toastmasters. Uh, you know, I, I, I led by example. I inspired my speakers. You know, later on when I became the uh, president of an international association called APSS, the Association of Publishers for Special Sales, which I'm still the president of, it's the same thing. I'm working before, working harder, and working longer and after everybody else, and I'm inspiring them. I'm building those relationships. You know what I'm saying? And they're, when they're seeing me succeed and I've got that relationship with them, you know what I'm saying? They think they can succeed. It inspires them on multiple levels. So I've always called it like the inspirational leadership. And I know, you know, you're not the only one, Chris. It's been like, how have you been at this for over 20 years, being an inner city teacher and working on teen leadership and doing all the other things you do? Uh, they're like, it's almost like a miracle. You didn't burn out after like five years. But the thing is, like I said, it's just who I am. It's the fabric of what I'm made up with. It's what I've always done my entire life. And I think part of that comes from the fire in my belly, Chris. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't have much going for me. I would have loved to have somebody come and save me, but nobody did. So I had to have that, you know, that, that fire in my belly to become the type of person I wanted to become because nobody was coming to help me. And when I went through that journey and started discovering the secrets of success in that journey, Chris, you know, I said, you know what? I need to help other kids do this. You know what I'm saying? And do I have all the answers for them? No, I don't. But can I inspire them? Yes. And if I can inspire them and do inspirational leadership with them, then they can find their own unique path to a better life and be in a position to better help other kids. And once again, as I said before, Chris, when they become adults, they'll be on the spot kids better that need help and they'll know better what to do through this simple teen leadership uh, skills and knowledge that they've learned and acquired over the years. Hopefully um, I've inspired them and hopefully uh, multiple countless other people have also inspired them and hopefully they're going to return the favor. You know what I'm saying? Pay it forward and inspire the youth of tomorrow. Yeah. No, I, again, I applaud you for what you do because you really point out one very specific thing that the, Kobe Bryant's of the world and the, like the Jordans of the world where it's like they lead by example. They get there early, leave late, but they always show by example. Now, you've done a lot of stuff in your life and I'm curious why you chose, well, you chose team leadership, but you've already explained that to me, but why now you're a special education teacher. Why did you choose that? Because that's like literally like the, the Navy SEALs, Green Beret, 
of teaching because teaching already is challenging. Teaching at risk kids is even more challenging, but special needs and special education, it's really even more challenging. So why did you choose that specific category, that specific area? You know, it's funny that the uh, co-captain of my high school wrestling team way, way back when we were 18 years old, he too is a special education teacher, behavioral specialist in dealing with the toughest kids in his school district, which is also inner city. And we had this talk back a while ago. And I said to my buddy, Todd Albert, I said, hey, Todd, we could never take the easy way, could we? I mean, we could have played golf instead of like wrestling. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, like I didn't have to join the military. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to get into special education. And when I got into special education, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have to get into dealing with the behavioral kids. So I didn't have to do any of these things. And I don't even know why I chose like this hard road of like infantry, frontline soldier in the army, you know, frontline, you know, there in, uh, you know, in, in, in football, in wrestling, uh, you know, in teaching, in inner cities, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why I chose that stuff, except that I guess, it's, again, it just kind of comes down I guess to who I am, you know, say I grew up in a very, very rough, rough neighborhood and sometimes a rougher home, you know, with a father that was fighting his own little demons and uh, self-medicating through heavy alcoholism. Um, maybe I don't know anything different, but all I got to say is thank God, you know, there are guys like me and guys like my buddy Todd Albert out there and other guys out there, you know, that, that coach these combat sports. My buddy Eddie DeJesus was a guidance counselor who in high school, same with him, you know, you know, who survived these very, very rough childhood experiences and who coached combat sports, who stand on the front lines in some of the toughest situations you can imagine in the inner city special education uh, behavior challenge classrooms. Because, I mean, if they don't have guys, you know, like me and like Todd Albert and like Eddie DeJesus, and like so many other guys like us, and, and girls like us too, you know, they're, they're very tough ones out there. If they don't have people like that who have been hardened, you know, through the fire, I mean, wow, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen yeah, to our yeah. kids out there that are extremely rough, you know, beyond the edges, and that are going through really, really difficult times and don't even know how to respect themselves, let alone others? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen to those kids, those people, if there aren't hardened people to stand toe to toe with them, look them in the eye and say, Hey, I love you. You're going to yeah. be all right. I'm going to teach you how to get better, how to be and someone. It's, and it's hardened also, fun. like, again, obviously you have a, you have a deeply wholeheartedness, but you have this awareness and armor. So you can, you can, because a lot of it's testing, you know, all these kids test us to see if we're going to leave or stay there. So I appreciate you and I appreciate the work you've done because I remember watching a keynote speak at a speech at a friend's graduation and, and, the person at the time, he was the secretary of education, and he said that those soldiers might defend our freedom, teachers create that freedom. So in your case, Dan, I commend, applaud you for creating this freedom for our kids, especially the ones that need it most, because you really are like the frontline infantry of service providers and service leaders. So Dan, how can our guests learn more about your books and about your life? Well, that's easy, Chris. They can go check me out on a uh, net or granddaddysecrets.com. Check me out. I'm all over Amazon, all over the social media channels, pretty much almost all of them. Um, I'm on, I'm on Mendalia TV as well. So, uh, just, just Google, Google Dan Blanchard, author, speaker. You'll find me everywhere. Great. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, Chris.